Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, founder of plantplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning and welcome once again to another edition of The Plotting Shed. I hope the world is wonderful where you are, the sun is shining, the flowers are doing their thing. Isn't it nice, the birds and the bees and starting to see the butterflies coming out in April? I saw my first brimstone actually the other day, the yellow butterflies flying around. I don't see very many of those. And I saw my first bee fly. Very definitely spring is springing. Dawn chorus has been absolutely bonkers. It's been waking me up at ungodly hours with all the birds singing. But there we are. I'm not going to complain too much because it's actually nice to be able to listen to one. And in fact, I had a customer recently who was desperately trying to create a garden that they could get birds in and and attracting insects and be able to sit in their garden and enjoy watching that wildlife, which hopefully now she will have the idea and the design to be able to make that happen. So I shall look forward to seeing the photographs of that garden design. But goodness me, it's been busy. I've been doing gardens in the north of Scotland. I've got another one in Scotland. I've been doing them in Cumbria, in Yorkshire, in the Cotswolds. I've been doing them in Hampshire. And actually then also some um, designs. I've got a couple that I've got to do in Ireland. And also I've been booked in to do another one or some in America. So I would be lovely if I was flying around all these places and going and having these all expensive paid trips to go and do these gardens. But that's not how my design company works because I do it all online and I do it via photographs and talking to the customers. So it keeps the design cost very, very affordable. But it does mean I don't get to these, go to these exotic places. But hey ho, you know, at least I do garden design, which is a nice job to have. Now, for all of you who have been listening to my ramblings over the last few series and and a few podcasts, you'll know that the last few weeks we've been talking about elements of garden design being formal sort of structured gardens and how to create informal ones and how to plant better borders and how to try and been trying to give you methods that you can use to choose plants and design a garden in a way that is not particularly technical you know so it's giving you familiar thought processes so that you can apply that to the unfamiliar situation of trying to get a garden when you're not particularly good or expert gardeners and you you don't really have much knowledge of, of all the plants that are there so I've always tried to provide a different thought process so that you can actually use that to try and create your own garden but it got me thinking And it was one of my customers said to me, he said, you know, you go around to everybody's houses and they've got such fabulous insides. People decorate and you go around and their houses are lovely inside and you look outside and it's just all a bit underwhelming. There's nothing that really sparks your wow. Oh oh gosh, that's lovely. The gardens are almost just like a there. You know, they don't inspire anything. 
And I thought, how do we actually get that next level? You know, you can use the methods that I've given you to try and improve the design of your garden and to make a garden structurally that, that works for you and that floats your boat and that fits everything in. But how do you actually make that garden and the planting scheme once you've decided what you're going to have really connect and feel something that is going to make you happy? How do you make your garden make you feel happy? And I just thought so many gardens actually look impressive, but they're really boring. I had a client send some photographs a number of weeks ago of their garden and they'd spent a lot of money doing some hard landscaping and building raised borders and they bought plants to, to put in the garden. But the problem was what they'd done was concentrate on the visual element only. And the effect that was almost being created was a bit like you know when you go to a hotel, you walk into the lobby and it's really impressive and it's all beautifully designed and it's ergonomically laid out and some interior designer has spent hundreds of hours creating the right ambience and the lighting's right and everything else and it's all very nice and it's all very lovely. You sit there and it's it all works. But it's still a hotel and a hotel can never feel like a home. I mean, I know it's not supposed to be like a home, obviously, but it never is quite going to break through that invisible barrier and make it feel homely. It's like your hotel room is always going to be a hotel room, no matter how expensive the decor and how beautifully laid out. I was sitting there thinking, what is that element that's missing? And is that the same when you're talking about gardens? Because you walk into a garden and it can be beautifully laid out, it can be well maintained, the lawns can be nice and stripy and green, but it doesn't do anything for you. It just exists and you sit in it. And I thought, how do you get the connection that it's your garden, it's an extension of your home, it's your outside space as opposed to your inside the house space? And too often gardens are you know, the home is very homely and the gardens are an outdoor space, but they don't reflect the personality of the person in the house. It's almost so that they're divorced, that there is this, okay, inside the house, I've got this beautiful decor, it's all decked out like this. And outside, I've got a lawn with borders around the edge and some shrubs, and it's all kept neat and tidy. Well, that's not the owner. That's not what the owner is inside the house. But it shows very much that they don't know how to create that feeling and that effect outside the house. So I thought, well, what is it? What's that X factor? What's missing? How do you make your garden not feel like a hotel room? And I suppose when I've gone through and chatted to a lot of clients now over a number of years about gardens, what I've come back to is that thought process is how do I ask people what they want? And the word that I use is feel an awful lot. So it's not trying to get from customers and clients this esoteric description of what their ideal garden will be. It's finding out from them how they want to use it 
how they want to feel when they sit in it. What do they want to enjoy doing when they're there? How is that garden going to help them transport and or change the feelings that they have into the feelings that they want to have? Now, I know that's going to be different for absolutely everybody, but the principle and the thought process that you use to get through is exactly the same. It's just your what floats your boat and pushes your garden buttons is going to be different from somebody else's. And the real element that's missing is that connection that the person has with the garden. Just in the same way as I said the hotel room, you go and sit in your hotel room and it's all beautifully laid out, but they're all objects, aren't they? There's the beautifully designed headboard, there may be some nice artwork on the walls, there may be, you know, there's the nice chair, they've got a beautiful bathroom, it's all laid out, it's fabulous, but they are all still expensive objects. There's nothing about that object that relates to you. And this is where I think gardens become bland because they have no personality. They don't have your personality. They don't have your stamp on it. You have gone out as a non-expert gardener, somebody who doesn't know much about plants, and you wander up and down the garden centre thinking, I need to find a plant for that spot. And you go back with a handful of plants or what happened is you see what the neighbour's gardens have got and you think, oh, that looks all right. I'll go and buy one of those. I'll see if I can find that in the garden centre and I'll plant that because I've seen that in their garden and it behaves and it doesn't, doesn't grow too quickly and it looks okay. And you're buying it because it's not going to be a problem rather than you're buying it because it does something for you. You're buying a plant because you know it will do a job without being difficult. You're buying a plant out of safety, that you don't get it wrong. You don't put something in the garden that's going to cause you a problem, or you don't want to make a mistake. You know, it's the lowest common denominator, isn't it? I'll put that in there. It's like painting the walls white. White goes with everything. I'll paint everything white because I know then I won't make a design mistake. And it's very true of the garden. So the bit that is diff is missing is your personality stamp. What is the missing thing? What is that missing factor? And the missing factor is feelings, isn't it? And, th and feelings evoke memories. And when you have an object in the house that has a memory attached to it, you get a benefit from it. You walk past the chair that was your grandparents that's been handed down to the family. You walk past the bowls that were given to you on your wedding day or the glasses that you used or the present that was given to you by somebody special and you use it every day and you treasure it and it has a memory and it has a, a personality of its own. People get very attached to it and that's what you've got to try and do in the garden. You've got to find things that will give you those feelings and those memories so that you invoke an attachment with the garden. So when you sit there, you're surrounded by not just plants, you're surrounded by memories as well. So it's things like you were given a plant by somebody, you bought a plant to celebrate a birth 
or a marriage or you were given something from a good friend and they've separated and divided it and they've given you clumps of things and you put them in your garden and that connects you to somebody else and every time you walk past that plant there will be an associated memory with it and so it will help you as you as you go around the garden just feel more it won't feel like a hotel room but it's not just that is it having plants in there that you've bought from other places or with gifts are all very you know all very good but we don't just use a single sense when we go into the garden we don't just use our eyes we use all our senses and you need to be able to to be tactile you want to be able to touch plants run your hand over plants you want to be able to grasp a plant and release the scent in the leaves you would like to be able to walk down a garden and be stopped in your tracks because you go past a plant and it's it's in flower with the most beautiful scent and some of the best scented plants are actually winter flowering and early spring flowering plants because there are so there are that many fewer pollinating insects around their scent has to be that much stronger so if you can kind of go around and garden you know and actually have plants in there with a really good scent basis you will automatically invoke memories of things especially if it was a plant that say for example grew in your grandparents garden and you can remember that smell when you used to go and visit them as a child and you put that in your garden you automatically bring connections it can be your flowers from wedding day you know the colors that you had in your bouquet anything to give you an added sense of feeling and this is my garden as opposed to this is this beautiful outdoor space that i've created but it doesn't do anything for you because gardens shouldn't be boring gardens can be fun and they should be fun they should put a smile on your face you want to create a sense of anticipation in the garden you plant bulbs in the in the autumn now those bulbs can reflect the favorite colors that you have or as you say the colors of your wedding bouquet flowers or they can be your grandparents favorite bulbs that they're no longer here but they'll come up every year and there's that sense of anticipation that the garden's going to deliver you something but you know fun as well you can i think we always get too serious you know the garden's got to look too perfect it's got to look so fabulous it's got to be this image of what we see in the in the magazines it's the garden's got to be this well designed piece of perfection to impress people and it hasn't got to impress anybody your garden doesn't have to look like something from the magazine it has to be perfectly manicured and have beautiful lush verdant green grass all the time to be a great garden your garden doesn't have to impress anybody but you it has to give you the memories it has to give you the experiences that you're trying to create from your garden and so i think sometimes we can get to be we just get too caught up in this designery perfect it's got to look good if it's i've got to impress somebody else they've got to come round and say oh wow isn't your garden amazing almost as a way of bumping up your own ego well it doesn't have to do that 
where's the rule book that says you can't plant in the autumn in the middle of your lawn a bulbs in a pattern that when they come up in the spring there's a big smiley face that comes up of red tulips or you plant tulips in the shape of of lips in in one of the borders and so that when they all come up you've got these big red lips that come up in the spring there's nothing that says that we can't do that or we shouldn't do that and surely you know in your front garden can you imagine if everybody sneakily planted sort of snowdrops in in a shape that welcome or you have snowdrops that come up in the front lawn and in the springtime it spells out I love you I mean everyone walking past is going to have a smile on their face if they see that everyone is going to have a little chuckle it won't detract from your garden space that you've had a bit of fun it's a bit tongue-in-cheek you know, there was the sort of the great sniffy element of gnomes, wasn't there? You know, everyone, oh my word, if somebody had a garden gnome, oh goodness, what are you doing to your garden? You, How tasteless. Well, so what? If you have a gnome and you like your gnomes and your gnomes are in your garden and you move them around and they give you enjoyment, great. I've got a gnome in my garden that is hidden away Unfortunately, his fishing rod broke, so it's. I have to hide him away now because my daughter named him Mr. Bentley. He was given to me my, by my youngest brother for a Christmas present as a joke. So Mr. Bentley was sitting on a little stool with his hands in his lap holding a fishing rod. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Bentley's fishing rod has broken. So Mr. Bentley is sitting there with his hands on his lap looking like he's holding a fishing rod. And unfortunately... It doesn't quite look like he's holding a fishing rod anymore. So I've had to sort of tuck Mr. Bentley sort of under a shrub somewhere because he has a very happy smile on his face, but he doesn't look like he's fishing anymore. So he's hidden away a little bit, but I know Mr. Bentley's there and I can't quite ever get rid of him. And it's quite funny because I know where he is in the garden and nobody else really knows, but he's sitting there and he's quite happy and it doesn't matter. What does it matter? that I've got a garden gnome that my brother bought me as a joke present 15 years ago is now still sitting in my garden. I know he's there. I can't get rid of him now. He's quite happy, Mr Bentley. But do you see what I mean? Each time now when I go round my garden, I know, and there's that little silly thought process there, that my brother Joff bought me that present. I was like, you toe rag, you bought me a gnome. But it puts a smile on my face. And that's all I'm saying with your garden. You've got to find that connection factor. You've got to find that thing that makes your garden float your boat. And to do that, you need to find those memories and be a little less precious about not having garden the garden looking fabulous. It's only got to push your garden buttons and make you feel really good about being in that space. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com. 
or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download you can look at the designs that we've created so do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode you can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com there's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee so all donations will be hugely appreciated thank you very much enjoy your week enjoy your garden take care and stay well